0: You are listening to Forging Employee Experience. I am Josh Green, joined here with my co-host, Alexander Norin. How are you, buddy? literally couldn't be better. I think I say that a lot, but
1: truly, I just love being on the podcast with you. And, and you're just a happy guy. You know, I try to be, I try to be, but more importantly than being here with you, I'm here with you all the time, we have an outstanding guest that we're really excited to have on our show today.
0: This is Andrea Inc. and she is the Program Manager of Employee Engagement at BC Hydro. Why I'm really excited about this guest is because she is in the trenches working on employee engagement, implementing the strategies, and doing her best to create a positive and safe employee experience. So welcome to the show, Andrea. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Josh. You live in Vancouver, Canada. Is that correct? I certainly do. Sorry, I, I should have said you live in Vancouver, Canada, eh? <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> is that funny when Americans do it? I feel like it probably isn't.
2: <laughs> Listen, I, think it's funny. I,
0: I can tell you that it is not funny. But I actually lived in Canada for two years, which means I kind of claim being Canadian, even though That's I fair. I don't get it. But like, like we we're, we're just kindred spirits.
1: Okay. Awesome. I <laughs> well, I mean, as long as Andrea's <laughs> okay with it, I'm okay with
0: it. <laughs> well, Andrea, go ahead and tell us totally a little fine. bit about who you are and, um, and what you
2: do. Sure. Uh, my name is Andrea Inc. I've had the privilege of working at BC Hydro for the last 11 years. Uh, before I joined BC Hydro, I was actually in the um, Royal Canadian Navy as a public affairs officer, and um, I was educated at our Canadian equivalent of West Point or Annapolis. It's called the Royal Military College of Canada. Um, So I began my journey here at BC Hydro in 2008. I have a communications background, and in late 2014, I began to work on our employee engagement file, particularly with um, a line of business uh, here in our utility called transmission and distribution. So if you are driving on the highway and look up and you see all sorts of power poles and lines, I work directly with managers, senior leadership, and employees who are responsible for maintaining, designing, and repairing those power lines, getting power to our four million customers. Four million
0: customers. Holy
2: smokes, Mm -hmm. a lot of customers. (laughs) Yeah, and
0: it sounds like there's a wide variety of different kinds of employees that work in that space. It sounds like there's a really strong mix of blue collar workers and white collar workers. Um, Do you find that to be a challenge?
2: Correct, we have uh, 6,000 employees, give or take. A third of them are management and professional. Another third of them are unionized in our, what's kind of a Canadian professional employee union called Move Up. And the other third are our International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. And those are essentially our our trades, our blue collar, as you said, workers.
0: And tell us a little bit about your specific role in the company. It sounds like your job is to make sure that all of these people are happy. (laughs) No pressure.
2: You should be happy if you work here. It's a privilege and it's a beautiful province to work in. Um, So my primary responsibility is to execute our employee engagement strategy, which includes uh, serving all of our employees annually, um, coming up with um, action items, coming out of the results, and keeping uh, the momentum on employee
0: engagement going in a nutshell. Give us kind of like a, a day-to-day look at what that is. Because, yeah, you're, you're doing a lot of work. Um, and it sounds like on an annual level, there's there's a lot. But what does a day-to-day look like for you?
2: Uh, well, it depends on the day, to be honest. But uh, we do have uh, employee councils that I help oversee. Um, and these are frontline workers that have a, a vested interest in the company or they're highly engaged. We have about uh, 20 people on our employee frontline employee council, and we bring them together with senior leadership uh, in the company to talk about um, hot button issues or what gets under their collar. And we bring project managers or, you know, subject matter experts uh, into the room and the employees themselves get to kind of ask questions and pick apart a policy, a project or a plan. So I do a lot of work with that council and I also uh, oversee our annual engagement cycle, which is a lot of work in terms of project management and what do we do with the results and I work closely with their communications department in um, making sure employees know that, you know, you guys, we said this and the company is doing something about it.
0: That's, that's a wonderful structure. Let, let's, let's kind of break it apart a little bit here. Tell us how the the council is selected.
2: Uh, that's a, they've been around for about seven years and, uh, there was a call for volunteers, people that had, um, you know, something to say or a vested interest in a certain project or plan. Um, so people put their hands up. Uh, they were largely kind of vetted by their manager. As a courtesy, we gave the council kind of composition list to the union for their blessing. And um, and then we go from there. So the council itself it kind of represents the different professions or trades within the um, this, that line of business, so to speak. So every kind of facet of their work is represented by somebody.
0: So so it sounds like these are engaged employees who, yes. who care about the company and want mm-hmm. to see it grow.
2: I um, would say most definitely.
0: And I'm sure that being on the front line and, and working on these things, probably it comes from a very practical place rather than maybe... Like someone at the top who just has a, a great idea for an an initiative and that just implements it, uh, it's probably a little bit more efficient to to listen to those who are on the front line and and hear what they want and what they need, and then to implement a strategy based on those facts.
2: Definitely, it, you know, it's been said that all of the power resides at the top of the organization, but all of the information resides at the bottom. And so I see these councils
0: as a chance for the two to meet in the middle. Very cool. And you facilitate that.
2: Yeah, I co facilitate that. Yeah.
0: Do do you feel like the uh, executive
1: leadership is is as responsive is is responsive? I mean, I think, uh, you know, sometimes there's there's the uh, the issue of, you know, like you said, the the decisions are made at the top and and a little reluctant to to listen to, uh, you know, information coming from down farther down the line.
2: Um, on the whole, I think I'm really blessed with a, a highly engaged a, executive team. We we do quite well on our employee engagement score. Um, mm-hmm. We're sitting right now at an 84% index through our service provider, who's PwC. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, I, and I think they pay attention to engagement, and then they set the example for senior leadership and then managers to use survey data, to use anecdotal feedback, um, to communicate and get back to employees. and I, that's the crux of engagement to me.
1: Sure. Yeah, one of the, one of the uh, oftentimes on our show, we, we, we speak on, a, on an academic level, right? Oh, here is the theory behind employee experience and the employee engagement. Um, and one of, those, one of those key elements is the idea that it, um, you really have to create an environment where employees feel like they can be engaged, feel like they're, they're listened to and they're heard, and that that environment is, is, is created from the top down. Would, would you say that in practice that is something that you found?
2: Absolutely. Um, a few years ago, I, I served a, an executive vice president and we went around to every single field office and we just sat there and listened to what the employees had to say. Uh, obviously, he had a bit of a, an update. Sometimes we would bust a myth, but um, the sure. majority of the session was just listening and following up and getting back to people. So if someone had a question about something he wasn't able to answer on the spot, mm-hmm. he would, uh, well, rather I would go <laughs> and find the answer and, right. um,
0: respond on his behalf. Right. Right. Yeah, that, 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 that's amazing. I, I think one of the key elements of success when you're implementing employee engagement initiatives is to let the people know that we've, li- we've received your survey data, we've heard you, and now we are implementing some of those things that you have suggested because all of a sudden they're giving you real answers on their surveys and and they are working with the organization to make it a better place together.
2: Oh, I, I totally agree. And I counsel, we have a lot of engineers here at BC Hydro. It's a pretty technical company because our system's quite complex. It's lots and lots of engineers in this company. And um, I, they love the survey data. They like to do reverse regressional analysis and all that stuff. And what I counsel is you can do whatever you want with that data. You can make it sing. But if you don't do anything with it, then there was no there was no point in gathering it in the first place. So you actually need to
0: get back to people and say, hey, I heard you. So tell us about this, Andrea. When, when that annual survey comes back, all the data has been run and the report is sitting on your desk. What do you do after you go through it? What, what's your personal like action plan on that data? So we take the data to the executive
2: team at the corporate level and we come up with one or two things that they want to do um, with the result of that feedback. And in our case this year, employees told us that they wanted to have a better culture of feedback here at BC Hydro. And secondly, they told us that process is broken when it takes too long to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. So we've done some action planning around both of those elements. And then we kind of communicate that throughout the year, what we've done in terms
0: of our action planning. Mm. Uh, Have you ever considered like implementing any software to help with that, that feedback process?
2: Um, Well, we've actually used uh, Slido on a few conference calls to kind of crowdsource questions and that was interesting. Um, We do, our engagement survey provider, PwC, does have um, a program on the back end. It's called the Start Tool and so we offer all managers super user access to that so they can have a look at their survey data.
0: Mm -hmm. Very cool.
1: We 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 often talk about um, one of the new trends in the in the space is uh, breaking away from the annual survey and, and moving into more of a quarterly or even monthly survey esque process. And I was just wondering, have you? I mean, clearly the annual survey is working for you at eighty four percent. I mean, that's obviously if it's not broke, don't fix it. But is have has that come up as an idea of like, well, maybe we sh- we could have more or better or different results if we surveyed more frequently.
2: Oh, definitely. That's um, you know I keep my eye on that space in terms mm-hmm. of like the more agile um, kind of platforms that are sure. mobile phone sure. enabled. They're super quick to turn around results and, and that sort of thing. And so I, I keep my eye on that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, our president and chief operating officer he wants to stay the course with uh, the annual survey for now. Sure. But that doesn't mean that managers aren't listening. Um, they should be listening on a daily basis. They should <laughs> right. be offering right. feedback and they should be requesting feedback on their skills as well. You know, the data tells us, um, you know, the literature rather tells us that, you know, a manager, a direct line manager or supervisor colors about 70% of your engagement.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So, So that's actually my follow up question is how do you uh you know you mentioned well they should be how do you um how do you encourage or train or enable and empower the managers to to really act and and listen and and help be the front line of fostering that positive relationship with the employees
2: well i think the first step is awareness um okay. about the importance of a manager or a leader's role and so we do that a lot through um some of our leadership training programs okay Um, we also offer all managers access to their survey data if they had more than 10 people fill out the survey um, they will have a report and they'll be able to see their drivers and you know who's what demographic is engaged and not so there's lots of awareness around the importance of engagement Mm -hmm. we also have an internal coaching program here and so if a manager is struggling um, we might recommend that they receive coaching and uh, we also do a lot of, because we're a technical company and we have a lot, <laughs> we do a lot of, um, we did a lot of analysis on the data and we pinpoint areas that are, you know, pockets of discontent, we call them, or areas sure. of concern. Mm-hmm. And then we use our HR business partners to go into that area and do a little bit more of a, a fine tooth comb through, you know, what is the situation on the ground there and how, and how might, what services, what support might we offer that management manager or management team.
0: That's wonderful. And I'm just curious about uh, what you feel, how these initiatives are received on a manager's level, because you are making the, the data available to them and the initiatives are obviously going through them. And it seems like a lot of times these engagement efforts are e- either survive or are successful or totally fail because of managers. So I guess what is the buy-in like for the managers at your company?
2: Well, I feel quite blessed that um, we actually have a high level of en- engagement with our managers on the engagement side of the house. And I and the reason why is because we've been doing it for so long and they see it work. Mm. Um, you know, an engaged employee stays that much longer, works that much harder, tries that much harder to to serve a customer. And I, I think The proof is in the pudding and I think they've seen kind of our KPIs increase, our safety metrics have increased um, with this increased focus on engagement.
1: How do you see the difference in engagement for uh, employees that are more in the office versus employees that are out and about?
2: Well, yeah, well, the survey results (laughs) obviously are um, employees that are in the fields, generally they would be our unionized or blue collar, as you mentioned, they are a little bit uh, less engaged. But in terms of uh, industry benchmarks in the utility industry, Mm -hmm. they're actually 7% above the um, engagement score according to the PwC Global Utilities Index, which makes me super happy. Right. But again, it's an area of opportunity for us because they are substantially lower than the company's 84.
0: Right, Mm, right. Andrea, you are obviously invested in this field um, because you've been doing this for several years. You're traveling to conferences. You're you're learning what you can. What are some things that you've learned that have been life-changing for you or or something that you've been implementing that has worked?
2: A a listening strategy. You know, we have two ears and one mouth, and I think um, it doesn't matter where you reside in an organization, you need to learn how to listen and listen deeply. And um, when you do that, people feel seen, felt, and heard, and it just naturally increases their engagement. I've Mm. learned that. I've been in line rooms um, with crusty, nasty, kind of disengaged, snarly workers and as we've come back to them time and time again, their body language has improved, they are rolling up their sleeves and helping out on an initiative. And I've actually just seen and felt people um open up and blossom almost into a better employee because they were engaged. So
0: I'm a believer. I mean it must be so fun for you to watch your efforts actually take effect.
2: It does do. Yeah. And especially the especially in the increase in the in the data as well. It feels good to see that. So I hope we do as well too. <laughs>
1: If there was, um, if you could wave a magic wand and have anything in the, you know, in in the context of of employee engagement, um, if if you could change overnight anything or know anything, what would it be?
2: Um, I would wish (laughs) to create and develop like an engagement 101 course where everybody learns what engagement is and what it isn't and that everybody is responsible for their own engagement in a company, which means you have to read stuff. You have to represent the company properly and you have to perform.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good that, that's, that that responsibility piece is huge do you find that employees feel typically
1: that it's the um maybe more of the organization's responsibility to create to help it sounds kind of weird but to help them be engaged
2: <laughs> well I, I think in any large organization with long-term yeah. employees I, I think there's almost um a little bit of having, what's that word expectancy or sure can't yeah. remember what that word is, but they they feel yeah. that the company owes it to them, and, and um,
1: yeah, I think it's important
2: maybe. to remind people entitlement. That's yes. the word. I love that is. word. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. So it's Friday. Yeah, yeah. hey, I'm, soon. I hear you. Um, but I, I think the entitlement piece, you just have to remind people how lucky they are to work in this great company that cares for them. We have a wonderful supportive culture, right. and we um we have a like in terms of purpose, like electricity is essential to our quality of life. Right. I don't think that, you know, Coca-Cola is great, but I don't know if you could get to blow your hair back about like serving Coke. It's calories, right. carbonation and <laughs> caffeine, but like electricity and matters. And right. Yeah. I yeah. think that purpose-driven leadership, I think is something that um, we could probably tap into a bit more mm-hmm. going forward here.
0: Well, Andrea, you obviously are a great example to your company of being passionate about your job and the company and working towards a, a stronger purpose. And I know that that trickles down to the rest of the employees. As we close the episode, is, is there any other last minute advice that you'd like to share with our listeners? Maybe someone who is a, a program manager somewhere else who, who, who could glean something insightful from you.
2: Um, Well, my secret sauce, there's three things in my engagement secret sauce. One of them is presence, the second one is communication, and the third one is follow-up, follow-through. That's my secret sauce to engagement. You don't have to have a fancy program. You don't have to have a fancy um, data analysis. Just showing up, communicating, and getting back to people, closing a loop on the communication. We found great success in that. That's it. amazing.
1: I, that's, that is, that is. I literally wrote that down. I rarely write stuff down on episodes, <laughs> but I wrote that down because that is, that's inspired. I really appreciate it because, you know, all too often, um, I think sometimes people, you know, people sometimes can make excuses, right? Oh, I don't have the resources necessary to build a great engagement strategy, or I don't have the buy-in from, from management and leadership. Oh, I don't have this, that. But you know what? Andrew, you're exactly right. You know, if you can, if you can, that, that presence, communication, follow up and follow through, that's, you don't need anything special to do that. You just need to want it. And exactly. that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I love it.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Is there a way that our listeners can keep in contact with you? Uh-huh.
2: I'm <laughs> super active. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, okay. And I, I have a, um, an Instagram account. It's at Inky Rose, but it's more about like, I, I love roses. So I grow roses.
0: Oh, that's uh, cool. cool. All right. I love it. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you.
2: My pleasure.